Welcome or welcome back, depends on where you're joining and if you have joined us before, to Turner Syndrome Talking Tea with Emily Seymour. So this week we have Lauren talking to us about her experience. So I hope you're looking forward to this episode. I hope you're having a great week and I will see you in three seconds. Hi everyone, welcome to Turner Syndrome Talking Tea. This week we have Lauren with us. Hi Lauren. Hi, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing great. Glad to be with you today. I am as well. Thank you so much. All the way from the US of A. Yes, indeed. I'm currently in St. Louis, Missouri, which is uh, about five and a half hours south of Chicago. So again from across the from across the pond in the other direction happy to be with you all today wow it's amazing what we can do with technology i know it's so great and covid really just opened everyone's eyes to that international conversations about important topics like we're going to be discussing today mm-hmm. and just all the things have been it's created so much more of a global community mm-hmm. uh, which yeah, is great it to has. see it has so i want to ask you a few things about tennis if that's okay yeah, absolutely. What's your relationship with Turner syndrome? Yeah, so uh, real quick backstory. So I was diagnosed when I was eight years old. I was incredibly lucky that my pediatrician saw me um, kind of slipping behind on the growth chart and was like, maybe we should have her evaluated for this. So it turned back, I did indeed have Turner's mosaic, uh, Turner's mosaicism. Um, when I was a child, I really didn't talk about it a whole lot because I already felt so different. You know, I was on the shorter side. I had some other quirky personality things. I was also diagnosed ADHD. So I really didn't talk about it because I already felt so different from the other the other kids. I just wanted to kind of, as most children and adolescents wanted to, I just really wanted to fit in. Uh, mm-hmm. So I really didn't chat much about chat much about it. Um, my teachers knew, and of course, my close friends knew. But as I got older, I realized it kind of is what sets me apart sets me apart from other people and makes me makes me unique so as I got older I started to talk about it more with my friends uh, with my close friends and you know some of my colleagues obviously didn't go into depth about what turners is with my colleagues but I would tell them yeah I have this unique I have this genetic condition that affects one in you know three to four thousand female live births I'm not sure if that figure is correct um, and they would go oh wow so I'd kind of tell tell them a little bit about it to the level that I was comfortable with. So definitely I've gotten more comfortable talking about Turner syndrome as I've gotten, as I've gotten older. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's really good. Um, in the UK, it's about 2000 live female births. So I don't know, I don't know what the um, statistic is in America. It'll obviously be different, I think. Um, what's the most challenging aspect of Turner's? Yeah. So- yeah. So I'm, for me, I'm incredibly lucky that I know a lot of folks listening have probably, a lot of folks listening might have um, some, some major health, some, some, some major health issues or things that they face on a daily basis. Me, I'm incredibly fortunate. Um, and I think about this every day that um, I don't really have a lot of those major health concerns that so many of us face. And I am incredibly grateful for that. And I empathize so much um, for those folks who are facing those challenges. But for me, um, alongside, you know, going to the doctors and everything like that was the nonverbal learning disorder part of it, particularly as I got older, you know, as a child, you know, having nonverbal learning disorder 
it's kind of like, do these people want to be friends with me? Um, do they like me? Am I supposed to jump in on this conversation? And then as an adult, it's again, the same thing, making friends, do these people question, like, do these people like me? Do they enjoy me being around that, around them? And in the workplace too, because of course you want to be chat, you know, chat your coworkers up a little bit, chat with, you know, small talk. But for me, I've, I always have to be really cognizant. Okay. Is like when I see people in like an office space, like chatting, okay. Are they talking about work? Are they just in there, you know, chatting casually and can I jump in on this conversation is it appropriate for me to jump in on this conversation or to step in and, and join the conversation so I think um, the nonverbal nonverbal learning disorder order and reading verbal cues has been something that's been really really challenging for me that I have to kind of work through on on a daily basis hmm. it's really tricky social cues isn't it yeah it's incredibly tricky uh, especially when you are kind of already a little bit socially anxious it's like oh gosh do these people want to talk to me and they might very well think that you're a, a lovely person but you you're like oh gosh do I do they want me to continue the conversation and like knowing when to end the conversation is something that I've had to really like train myself to be like okay this is a natural stop in the conversation versus like continuing on um, mm. yeah so going on from that what's your positive most positive experience Oh my gosh, I think just resiliency. Um, I think I can speak for a lot of us when I say that we are incredibly resilient. I mean, obviously the odds of being born are incredibly low. So just to be here and be speaking is just a massive, uh, shows resilience in and of itself. Uh, but obviously as many of us, I faced, you know, learning challenges through school and into college. And I think just having to to advocate for myself really made me resilient. Um, when I was in high school, I remember having to advocate for myself multiple times uh, in school because you had to take classes in a certain order. And I was just like, no, I'm going to call, I'm going to continue on to college as we call it here in the States. And um, I need to take these classes in this order in order to do that. And I just really fought to make sure that I had those classes in order. Um, and into college too, you know, always having to fight, having to advocate, not necessarily fight, but to advocate for proper accommodations so that I could be successful um, in work and in school. And then in the workplace, I recently learned um, how important it is to advocate for, for any accommodations that you need um, and to really explain to your employer, to really explain to your employer, um, you know, I, I'm fully capable of doing this, uh, you know, I'm fully capable of doing this job, but these are things I need to be successful. Um, and I think that takes a lot of resi resilience and, um, yeah. <laughs> I think not everyone, it's not like an umbrella, but a lot of people seem to be quite self, um, like quite self-aware so they know what works for them because they've like had a trial and error period mm -hmm. of like maybe different tablets different treatment like writing lists if that helps them with their memory things like that mm, yeah absolutely yeah, I think we're quite self-aware which is really really good and like you were saying you knew that you had to take those classes in that certain order um yeah that's really good so in the States, how has the U.S. society helped you? Yeah, so I think, um, so I, so I lost my mother when I was seven. 
And I think um, having the society one really helped my dad educate himself on what he needed to advocate for me for with going to see the doctors, going to see specialists um, when that was necessary. And I think for me too, the society, like having that website available helped if I had a question, because I knew like, you know, I'm, if I had questions about things that were quote unquote normal for individuals with Turner syndrome, which obviously runs the gamut of a million and one things. But if I had the question of what was quote unquote, you know, for someone with Turner syndrome, I could look it up and say, okay, like this is X, Y, Z. Okay. This is, this is not something that's uncommon. And also help me too, as I've gotten older to kind of really hone in on things I need to be looking out for, such as, you know, hearing loss, the thyroid conditions and the list goes on and on and on. So I think it's really been a fantastic resource um, for, for me to, learn, you know, again, advocacy when I go to my primary care doctor um, and just what things I need to be on the lookout for for myself um, as I get, as I, as I get a little bit older. Mm -hmm. I don't know about, it sounds the same as our society, but it's just so nice to have a community. Like even like you saying you lost your mom very young, like even if it's not Turner's related, you still have that community there, which is really, really nice. Yeah, absolutely. Like having, again, having that community, I think, um, or just having that place to go was, was really, was really a great thing to have. As well. mm-hmm. Yeah. What's your involvement in the society? Yeah. So, um, you know, I, unfortunately, you know, and I, I think I've kind of regretted, I've kind of Regardless, I haven't really been, like I said, I've used, utilized the resources and everything like that, but I really feel like had I been more involved, like growing up and maybe went to conferences or been able to go or known about them, you know, um, mm. I think that it would have been cool to really meet, to really see and interact with people who were in similar situations as myself. Um, but, yeah. and I kind of always had wished that I had, you know, wished I, growing up in particularly that I'd been a little bit more involved yeah sometimes it is scary though because I remember going to my first conference that I remember because I went when I was a baby and then stopped and then when I wanted to go we went back it was just so overwhelming I was like what all of these people have the same condition it was actually really overwhelming not not in a very nice way is in like a daunting way um so it's yeah, it's really tricky, isn't it? Just know that if you do want to get involved, because you don't know unless you try. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's tricky. But like I said, I, I, um, I always was kind of like trying to, going back to your question, like um, I always was trying to like figure out ways to get, in, I always was trying to figure out ways to get involved. Like I was always looking for, I was kind of always looking for like board opportunities, like for board opportunities or volunteer opportunities. Um, and it's something that I really, really liked to do was I was, um, as there was younger, as I got older, like in, you know, 18, 19, 20, I was still seeing my endocrinologist and she would like introduce me to some of the younger girls, which I thought, I mean, that's not a, a society thing, but I thought it was really cool to be able to make, going back to what you were saying about the connections, like to be able to make those connections with the older girls and most importantly, for the girls and for the parents to see, hey, this individual is 18, 19, 20, and she's in college, she's doing one. I think it's so yeah. important for parents to see that as well, because when you get that diagnosis, when you hear that your child has Turner's, it is incredibly scary mm-hmm. because you see 
the long list of potentials that can happen. And I think it's important for parents, for parents and caretakers of individuals of that have Turner's to know like, hey, it's, hey, the, hey, we are going to be, we're going to be okay. Hmm. Yeah, it's one thing hearing about it because in the back of your mind, you probably always know that they're going to be okay because they've got like your love and support. But like to physically see it with lots of other girls, lots of other families that are like thriving, it's a different thing. It must be really, really nice. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So what's your most important message on Turner syndrome for people who know, for people who don't know? I think my most important message, I think, would be that, again, as I mentioned, we are incredibly resilient. Um, and for the parents and for the students out there to advocate for yourself, um, to make sure that you are you set yourself, you set yourself up for success. For the folks who are out there who may not be in the most supportive situation, find that one teacher, find that one mentor that can help you, that you can trust, that you can build a rapport with, that can get you the resources that you need to be successful. Um, and to take care of yourself, to make sure that you're taking care of yourself mentally, physically, emotionally, taking steps back when you need to. And also like, you know, ever, you know, especially those attorneys that we are set up to do hard things because we've been doing hard things. We've had to do hard things all of our lives. We have had, you know, we had to take shots as children every day. When I tell people that they're like, whoa, mm. you know, so, yeah. you know, things, things like that. Um, and also too, I have a, a funny story kind of that could tie this all in together. Um, and I, I hope, and I'm sure a lot of folks can relate to this. I was in middle school um, and I was bound and determined to run hurdles. <laughs> so for those who, um, obviously this is audio, but uh, so I am four foot nine and a half. So obviously as many of us are, I am south of five, foot, as many girls with trainers are, I am south of five foot tall. And I was determined to run hurdles. Um, and so practice, 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 and eventually was able to, eventually was able to run hurdles and attract me. Um, and I think that's just kind of representative of, you know, my mentality with trainers and a lot of people's as well as, you know, we, we, I don't think us as individuals with trainers, I don't think we, I don't think we take no, well, <laughs> I think we say I've been, I've had to adapt all of my life and I'm going to adapt and adjust and I'm going to do this thing and you're going to watch me do it. Yeah. whatever that thing might be we're very good at adapting and we're very determined yeah absolutely yeah well I've loved meeting you Lauren thank you so much yes thank you so much for your time today this was an absolute pleasure before we go is there anything you'd like to add um I, I think the one thing that I've had that I'll just reiterate is for any parents who are listening, any, for any parents that are listening, just or for any parents or any caretakers that are listening, just, um, just add, just advocate for your child. Um, I think that's going to be the most important thing you can do advocate for your child in school with your primary care and with your specialist and for the girls with Turner's for the young girls with Turner's that are listening, um, don't let anybody tell you that you can't do it, that you can't do whatever you can do, whatever you set your mind to. Mm -hmm. And I know that's a cliche, but it is 100% true. It is. It is. Thank you so much. And there's such great messages. I've loved listening to your story. 
All right. Well, thank you so much, Emily. This was an absolute pleasure. I've been, I've loved being able to chat with you a little bit this morning. Oh, thank you so much. And everyone listening, I'll see you next week. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you. I really enjoyed that episode and I really enjoyed meeting you. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to it and I hope you did as well, Lauren. Okay, so next week we have Jessica talking to us about her experience of tennis. And I hope you have a really lovely week. And I will see you then.